Welcome to the Learning and Development Podcast. I'm David James from Loop, and in a special lockdown again episode, I'm joined by Alice Collier Niblet. Hello, Alice. Hello, David. Uh, Eva Adam. Hello, Hello, Eva. Hello, David. Hello, David. And Sean Cooper. Hello, Sean. Hi, David. And welcome to you too. Now, I think we'd all prefer not to be in this situation, and therefore having this conversation, but things have taken a dire turn for the worse. And, and in terms of the pandemic and its effect on lives and livelihoods, so this does seem like an important conversation to be having because certainly I believe the role of L&D is likely to be critical in what comes next for organisations. So without further ado, let's get into it. And I'll come to each of you in turn um, to kick things off. But Alice, if I can start with you, um, what's the current status of your organisation, say, for example, and what, what you're happy to divulge in terms of, you know, is it a reduced operation? Is it all hands on deck, perhaps working from home, some folks at home, some on site? And how active is your L&D team in this lockdown? Um, so, yeah, we are pretty much all hands on deck at the moment. So, um, I mean, I've introduced myself, I suppose. So I'm in people development at Monzo. Um, and, yeah, we are, I guess, quite in a lucky position that it's still kind of full steam ahead for us. Um, obviously, during last year, we had some issues with, uh, obviously, we had to go through furlough and things like that, which really wasn't, you know, good experience for us, but so we were kind of from a people development perspective, we were sidetracked a little bit from some of our, um, I guess, key capabilities and things that we were trying to build because we wanted to support the business through that time. You know, people going through redundancies and stuff like that. So, I guess, in a sense, that sort of slowed us down. But, um, coming out the other side of it now, it feels like things are starting to kind of pick up again. We're able to replan, refocus. And uh, just get back into the swing of things. So yeah, things are are really full steam ahead, and our, our team are, are working really hard um, from home at the moment. Though. Brilliant. That's good to uh, good to hear. Um, and Eva, from uh, from your side, um, uh, what's what's kind of the uh, the status uh, within the organisation? Uh, what kind of uh, operations running, and uh, and more specifically about how how active your L and D team is during this lockdown. Yeah, to be honest, it's, so I work for Philip Morris International as a, as a learning design lead. And um, I got a bit of an unusual story because I actually started with the organization in lockdown. So we always joke about is that I haven't actually met any of my colleagues in, in real <laughs> life yet. So, you know, it's, it's probably uh, shows as well that, you know, the fact that they were able to onboard me in a, in a fully digital way. Um, and just the team, you know, has been fantastic about how they take into these new circumstances. And that's kind of true for the whole organization. So for us, it's yes, things have changed. Um, you know, the way we work has changed. But in terms mm. of the business and especially the L&D team, um, we're primarily digital anyway. So so it really it doesn't feel like, you know, we, we lost out on a lot of things, um, probably quite the opposite and it accelerated a lot of things that we've been campaigning for for a mm. for a long time and and really brought that into into as a as a priority so it's been um, really interesting to to see that yeah that's i mean uh, it is quite incredible that you you mentioned that eva and of course there are going to be quite a few people i mean it's been a year hasn't it uh, best part of a year since we've been in lockdown so it's going to be uh uh, an experience that that many share, but but also on top of that, what you've just said there, um, I have heard that a lot of L and D teams have seen this as an opportunity and have accelerated 
what their what their aspirations have been for their function. I remember uh, Rob Sayers on the um, on the podcast at Vive said it feels as if they've accelerated ten years in ten months, uh, which I think which I think can uh, can only be a good thing if we're going to pull uh, some uh, some positivity out of uh, of what is quite a dreadful um, experience for all. Um, and Sean, finally to you, what's the current status um, for you, and um, and how active is your L and D team in this lockdown? Yeah, so I think um, I've had a very similar experience to Ava. Um, I joined during lockdown um, yeah. in August uh, last year, so um, I'm yet to see a bricks and mortar building, um, <laughs> which is always interesting. But it's been a fantastic experience joining. I think what I've noticed certainly within the the five months that I've been within the business is nothing's really changed. Um, this, mm. The company is still operating with their workforce. Um, they implemented very much a flexible approach to working pretty much from March onwards when the first lockdown hit. Um, given the nature of the business that I work for, being in the, the power industry, there's obviously a lot of critical workers that they had to keep in plant. And mm. they really adapted to that very, very quickly to make sure that those people were safe, 100% um, COVID secure, but the rest of the operations weren't impacted. Um, you know, Equipment was sent out very quickly. Um, the infrastructure was put up in place very, very swiftly as well. Mm -hmm. um, from a people development point of view, from an L&D standpoint, it's all systems go. You know, you mentioned that kind of 10 months in 10 years, and that's definitely been the case. Um, I was brought on to specifically look at that blended digital approach to learning to mm -hmm. keep that traction moving. And they'd already started to implement so much in that space, you know, moving from your traditional classroom approaches to, to webinars and digital resources. So... That is very much, you know, we are probably busier than ever. Um, and I only see us getting busier as, as time progresses. Well, again, that's that, that's good to hear. I think that, uh, that uh, for so many um, in the early stages of lockdown last March, it was almost deemed as if well, this is a holding pattern uh, and we'll just we'll just hold off until we can go back to normal. If that was L&D, it was a case of, you know, let's let's put our programs on hold um, and Operation, you know, many operations or organisations may have may have thought something similar because I mean, this is pretty unprecedented. Um, but um, but to to hear from all three of you that that your operations are uh, uh, seeking to uh, to not I suppose not simply maintain but but you know the, the very nature of, uh, of business is that you've got to grow. So uh, I mean it's uh, it, it's good to hear. Now Ava. Um, this has been, I think it's important to, uh, to acknowledge, uh, a tiring and sometimes demoralising time for many individuals. How's morale in your team and organisation? And are you and your leaders doing anything to maintain positivity? Yeah, I think it's, you know, all started with recognising that, that this is a very unusual, like no one kind of has the answers, no one really knows, you know, how to do this right. So I mm. think it, you know, it gave the team a lot of headspace of experimenting and kind of figuring out, you know, well, what, what is it that works for us? And even to the point of, you know, really encouraging individuals to kind of look at it and say, well, you know, how do you work best? What, what hours work for you? What days work for you? When are you most productive? And I think having those conversations, you know, really, really helped some people. I'm not going to lie. I think we all miss for certain elements that, you know, that face-to-face -face connection. But I think that's also what it brought with it. It makes you realize that, you know, when we do spend time together and when we come together, well, what's that time best used for? Yeah. And it really challenged, you know, well, maybe if we just sit next to each other in the office and, you know, we're not really talking to each other, that's 
probably you know not necessary to be there but there are certain creative elements and brainstorming chats and little you know five ten minute conversations by the coffee machine that we're really all missing out on and we got to be a lot mm. more intentional about them so i think it's you know we treat it as a playground to be honest and uh, just trying loads of different things and kind of looking at it like career scientists and kind of going well let's see if, if that works and see if that works mm. for the team and um i think it made us very you know it, it, we're a very honest and transparent team anyways and i think it really you know i'm glad we could keep that even even though we're online you know we're, we're very honest if something works we're very honest if something doesn't quite work for us and we're happy mm. to kind of keep working on that and figuring out uh, what will be the best and it's nice to see that that's you know something that's happening with the whole organization you know we have a lot of regular communication from the senior leaders and you know having that coming through i think really helps people to to not feel alone and also feel like that you know just kind of gives that sense of shared experience. Mm, that I mean, that that's good. I mean, if you've you've got people um, uh, seeing this as a, a as a as a way of experimenting and challenging perhaps what wasn't working before. I think we've all worked in organisations where there's a meetings culture, and you're kind of just thinking, why are we going to this again? But as an opportunity to 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 challenge what has been accepted practice throughout entire organisations can only be a positive. But it sounds as if it's uh, it's something that is being uh, that's been welcomed at uh, Philip Morris, uh, Ava. Um, what about you, Sean? Um, you know, have, have you experienced that, uh, that that people either in your team or your organisation uh, have been affected uh, morale-wise? And is there anything special that 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 you and your leaders are doing to maintain positivity? Yes, I think from a from a team point of view, coming in and, and taking over a team um, in these times, there was a, an element of nervousness nervousness from my part about how do I keep these guys inspired and motivated when I can't even meet them and. Uh, you know, engage with them face to face. But what I've been really blown away with is that actually we've got um, we've got such a tight bond for you know eight nine people that have never actually met each other physically face to face because we're quite a new team. Um, we were actually only brought together during the pandemic. So as an L and D team, my individual function, we've never actually kind of got together, and we've really just made a, a real conscious effort to carve out time for team building and bonding to keep that morale high. So we have a, a regular social catch up once a week. We we make the time to have like the the three o'clock brews and and you know the 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 sharing of gifts on teams, you know, the daft things that keep us motivated. Yeah. But then similarly what we what we are doing is using this opportunity to to look at how we can push the boundaries and, and break some of the traditional kind of mindset of what things should be. So you know going to webinars, it doesn't have to be you know, just reading off a PowerPoint, you know, how do you experiment with some of the tools and the technologies that's available? How do you prop that up with the right, you know, digital resources so that you actually can get the most out of that session? And, you know, the the team have been phenomenal. They're just dealing with these changes, these challenges on a daily basis and just constantly trying to adapt and make it better. And they've had to do this really quickly. You know, a lot of the programs that we implemented this year um, last year, sorry, um, were initially supposed to be bricks and mortar. So they've had to change and think on their feet. So it's been really great to see that. The other thing that's really stood out is from a company point of view, how much investment and time the, the wider business and senior leadership team have put into wellbeing. So there's dedicated wellbeing pages, there's dedicated wellbeing resources, um, there's flexible working policies, there's that opportunity to to work around your life, your childcare, and it just makes life easier for everybody. And 
one of the things I've really kind of tried to encourage my team to do is, is accept that you will have the down days. Um, yeah. But when you have those, you know, speak about it and be open. And we all do. And I think that's really helping. Yeah, that's good. Uh, again, re like re really positive to to be acknowledging this as well because you know th this is tough times that for organisations. They're feeling the squeeze, so you know you, you could see that perhaps um, uh, organisations with lesser scruples would be putting that squeeze on individuals um, and and saying, look, these are tough times for all of us. But if you if you want to stay here, then uh, then you, you're going to have to continue to deliver. But it seems as if you know, there, there's, you know, certainly what I've heard so far, there is like an empathy, um, quite rightly so, because we are going to come out the other side of this, and uh, and you know, people are going to feel as if they uh, they they want to move roles, but uh, but but uh, if the, if they feel as if they've been treated well, then then that's got to be a lure as well. Um, and and Alice, um, what about uh, you from your side, Monzo? Um, uh, how's morale uh, within your team and the organisation? And have the leaders done anything in particular to maintain positivity? Yeah, um, yeah. No, I think lots of similar things to um, Eva and Sean. Um, it's the the meeting fatigue thing is, is huge. It's funny to hear other people talk about it. We're trying to, as a whole organisation, manage that because I think obviously maybe maybe it was going fully remote that we just starting to put loads and loads of meetings and we'd end up with days and days of just back to meeting. So we're, you know, we're looking at things like how do you, if you're setting up a meeting, have a really clear agenda, what do you want to get out of that? Stick to 25 minutes or 55 minutes rather than like a full hour or half an hour, keeping Fridays clear so you can actually get some stuff done. So we're just we're trying to think about things that we can have to manage that meeting routine. Um, I do think it feels like this time around with the lockdown that it, it feels more emotionally stressful on people and I don't know it's because we've been through this for so long and just now we're just at the point where we've kind of just had enough so it feels like things are, are really really tightened um it, just in the world or just in the UK really in, in general but you know I think from from Monday's point of view we've been doing a lot of great stuff with our space team in particular they've been amazing in, in putting on exercise classes that you can log on to and meditation and all of that kind of stuff so it's, it's you know, really helpful that that is there um we have like mental health forums you can come and talk about how you're feeling you just kind of share it with other people um but i really think at this moment in time like communication is, is definitely key and i know even sean mentioned that as well just giving giving people really clear sort of purpose and un understanding their value like dave what you just said as well it's just you know people want to feel valued people want to feel like we're all working towards a unified purpose and, and i think it's, that's more important now than ever um so i think it's important to come from from leadership as well just keep communicating tell people what it is we're trying to achieve as a business and help people to remain driven and, and motivated i think that really helps yeah and it's, uh, it's it's all really important stuff it's uh, you know it's it's the human stuff isn't mm -hmm. it um which 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 makes a huge difference um surely if i can uh, if i can come to you then um there seems to be hopefully now uh, some light at the end of the tunnel uh, with vaccination programs being rolled out in many countries so hopefully the current lockdown whilst tough has a time limit what are your l and d priorities between now and as restrictions lift and can you see those changing in the coming weeks? As much, you know, I, I will caveat that with uh, as much as you uh, as you as you can and uh, and wish to divulge. Yeah, so I think um, from an L and D point of view, um, you know, very much it's it's that creation of blended learning is is very much the push that we're going for within a, within our business. And 
I don't think the ending of of these restrictions is going to change that. So, you know, we're very much going down that approach. Um, that's the way that we want to move as a as a business and an organisation to give our our colleagues the flexibility to learn as and when they they need to and, and give them that chance. And you know, when we we do use the classroom or the instructor led sessions, that they're there to add real value and purpose. So, if I look at the you know the key priorities that I've got over the kind of the, the short and medium term at the moment, it is about that transformation into you know a much more digital first culture. You know, and mm. you know creating and surface and learning in a much more robust way but then making sure that we have the right human interactions with it because we're a big you know and, and i personally am a big believer in you know having that right blend and i know we spoke about it the last time we we chatted and that's very much what what we're driving ahead with um i think the most exciting thing is the change that we're doing to how we onboard people so mm. um one of the biggest projects that i'm working on at the moment is is completely changing that onboarding experience and bringing it forward from not just day one in, in the building, but right from office stage, you know, so that mm. we're engaging with new colleagues from the minute they accept the job so that we keep that constant engagement going virtually. And then it continues through to day one, right through to, you know, day X when you decide that you're ready to move on. And that's going to be, you know, really exciting to see that's come to fruition during the restrictions, but then how that's going to grow once we get outside of the restrictions mm. and the, the, we can add in that, peer-to-peer -peer network and that management support and that you know that that engagement from from that human is just going to be be immense yeah fabulous uh, you know what what a great time to do that now uh, whilst you haven't got the pressure i suppose of bringing on lots of people um you know you can you can build something trial it uh, and by the time you are you know, I'm making an assumption here that there's not a lot of hiring going on just uh, just generally, but um, uh, but but again, looking to to create that that great experience uh, because we are realising as we've just uh, you know discussed in the last um, uh, the last round of, uh, of responses that that you know the the people really truly matter. Um, yeah. I think that's a you know a, a certainly a worthy one. Um, Alison, what about uh, you and your team at Monzo? What what are the L and D priorities that you're happy to divulge um, that you'll be focusing on between now and as restrictions lift? Um, it, it's interesting because I can tell you, from, you know, what we're focusing on now. And then you say when restrictions lift, I'm like, when is that actually going to happen? And how can we work for it? It's really difficult. And it seems to change all the time. Um, but for yeah. us, you know, our priorities are really trying to stay aligned with the business goals um with the business needs and just try and make sure that we're building the right capability so keeping our ears to the ground um and just making sure we're aligned with that and you know one of the things is is manager skills and just making sure that you know our managers are equipped to to do all those things i've just mentioned in the last question you know keeping people motivated and valued and the communication piece and that's all really important right now so that's one of our our, our uh, main priorities but you know i think I guess the difference, the difference now, the I guess earlier on in the pandemic is nothing kind of feels a, a shock. You know, I think every time we get a government mm. announcement, we just we've learned to adapt and we've learned to kind of change. And I think so that second that we get that announcement of okay, you know, we've got to a good point. Our vaccines are able to maybe move back into the offices. I think L and D teams will probably be more able to say, okay, right now let's get into gear. What do, what are the things that people really need to know now when moving back into into the office? So um, I think it, it does feel like we might be able to to manage that change a little bit better. But 
I think, yeah, for us personally at Monzo within our team, it feels like we're at a point where we're coming out the other side of all of that more reactive training that we were doing to the pandemic and really focusing, we're building up our OKRs, so um, objective key results, so like goal setting, thinking about the key capabilities. And then I think what we've learned throughout the last sort of 12 months is like how we can then just start executing those really quickly. So you know, what are the things that we can start to do to knock down those quick wins and how can we start to move the dial and and so yeah we're sort of looking at how we can do that um but yeah regularly checking in making sure we're working on the right things being reactive and then you know especially, especially when it comes to our customers as well that's the key thing for us because we have a group of people in our lnd team that look at you know purely our customer facing stuff and then um, they need to be aware of as we have government announcements and we move into a different stages of pandemic, what does that do for our customers? And, um, you know, and I think that will mean, okay, well, maybe we need to refresh on things like, you know, if our customers are traveling again, well, what does that mean for the types of queries we'll get and stuff like that? So, yeah, just um, trying to stay aware and, and think about how things are changing, trying to adapt to it. Yeah, I think you've highlighted uh, like a key point to this, which is the restrictions aren't going to all immediately lift. And I think that's that's been stated. There's it's going to be some restrictions at certain times because it still seems a you know a, a million years away that that people are going to be congregating in lifts at the bottom of high-rise buildings. I mean, it just doesn't seem as if that's going to happen anytime soon, does it? And you know, you mentioned about uh, you know uh, traveling and. Uh, you know, they, there's not just the, the restrictions lifted in um, uh, within organisations, it's the restrictions lifted that mean that our consumers and our clients, our customers are changing their habits as well. They, it's, it's, it's all it's, it's all so, you know, I know it's very obvious, all interlinked, but uh, but it's very difficult to unpick and then relate one set of lifted restrictions will equate to X. As you said there, we've uh, I think we've all got a uh, maintain that that ability to adapt and flex and respond uh, to to the changing circumstances. And what about uh, uh, you, Ava? What what are the L and D priorities you're happy to uh, to, to share uh, between now and uh, um, as restrictions begin to lift? Yeah, it was um, <clears throat> interesting. I was just kind of reflecting on what Alice was saying. That you know something that was really, I think, unique for our you know organization because. You know, we're, we're a huge company. We have about 80,000 people working for us around the globe. And, you know, it was really interesting that probably for the first time we're going through a shared global experience. Mm. And that in itself is very unique. You know, it's and for us, you know, there was a sense of awareness about how this is going through the world and and keeping that awareness that, you know, you might be in your third lockdown while your colleague might only be going to their second yeah. one. And, you know, how can we support each other through really being empathetic and being able to step into step step into each other's mm. shoes? Um, and I think what's really interesting with our L&D team and um, that we're not we're not in this headspace where, you know, we're holding our breath to for this to mm. end. Because I don't, I don't think you can do that. I think, you know, any, and, and you see that with companies, if they haven't kind of gone through an acceptance and adapting to, to this, then they're probably not doing so well yeah. anymore because it's just too long and it's too significant for it to, to allow you to not change anything. And one of the things that we really challenged ourselves on is not just, you know, 
turning classroom into digital, which I think we've all seen a lot of people ended up mm. doing. But but about looking at, well, what does digital now bring that we couldn't do in the classroom? Mm. So what are actually the advantages of digital and how can we challenge challenge our digital products and make them even better? And you know, look at like, are they, are they flexible? Are they accessible to everyone? Are they, you know, do they really provide a step change? Mm. So, so that they do stand on their own as a, as a good digital product. So that's something that, you know, is a, is a real priority for us is um, not just about, you know, making it accessible for everyone, but, but also connecting it to the business and looking at where we moving the needle. What, what does it do? We, we have a whole, you know, separate person now that looks at data and analytics mm. and and just really, you know, really getting to the bottom of that of those products and, and looking at what they what they actually bring and how can we be really learner centric. Um, so that's kind of what's really high in our agenda. And there's also a lovely sense of um, like connectedness in the organization. So looking at, you know, looking at, well, how does that relate to talent acquisition? How does that relate to, you know, our consumers? How do, so it's really, really interesting to, to kind of look at it as a, as a whole. Mm. And it, that almost like that shared experience allows us to look at the company as a shared experience. And um, I, I, we just find that really exciting. Yeah, that is, that is really exciting to, to be down the, the track of, uh, uh, of having your own Data analytics, analytics people in uh, in learning development or HR is uh, you know it's, it's the very bedrock of, uh, of of digital, and to be challenging um, the the widely held assumptions around the the value of face to face, regardless of what it is you're trying to achieve, being being the most powerful, I think is is something that uh, that we've all got to come to terms with. I think that this has been a great a, a great opportunity for L&D in that regard that if we if our favorite mechanism is eliminated what is it that we need to do in order to to truly understand what it is that we need to impact and whether we are having that impact I think that I'm hoping that that will be uh, the legacy but um, I'll invite you for uh, uh, to yours a little later in the uh, in the conversation but uh, it leads me on nicely uh, to, to my next question and, uh, and Alice if I can come to you because you know it's one thing for us to talk about uh, what we are doing in L&D but I'd like to ask, are employees at your organization actively engaging in your L&D efforts? Um, and how have expectations and engagement changed in recent months? Um, yeah, I have to say that they have <laughs> definitely engaged. In it. Um, <laughs> and I think we were very lucky at the start of the pandemic that we had been just on board digitally. Because of our digital mm. you know, learning platform and we just introduced it to everyone. And, um, and then the pandemic hit. So I was, you know, that was... A, I guess a positive that came out of it all because everyone was kind of forced to think, oh gosh, this is our only outlet for training at the moment, so we're going to have to it. So yeah, I've definitely had that engagement. Um, and I think people have found that it's, it's enabled them to reach further. You know, they, mm. we did, what was great, I think, when I joined the organisation, which was just over a year ago now, is that they, people were running training sessions themselves. So it was great, like people already were active in doing that. Um, and I think what they found is that they could move this to the loop and then found that their reach went further out to the business. So they were able to mm. get that content out to other people if they didn't have really time to have the sessions. And that was really good. I think 
the one thing that I really noticed was I wanted to help people to do this in the right way. So you know, not just the lift and shift and like, okay, well, you know, what was face-to-face now should go on digital. It's like, no, that's not really the case. We need to be more thoughtful about how we do that. But I also wanted to not be a blocker to them. So I wanted to, mm. to make it easy for people to, to be able to do that and embrace it. So that meant kind of like a good a good needs analysis, making that clear. It meant what was good training look like? How do you review it? How do you iterate it? And and, um, mm. and people have been really engaged in that, which is great. Obviously, it has been a journey and um, but, you know, it's, it's getting better. And um, I think from, I am a, I'm a real believer. I think you'll get the engagement if, you're talking about things that people care about and you're making things relevant. So, you know, if we're talking about how this has changed in recent months, it's just that we've had to change, I think, more than anything in terms of what kinds of stuff are we putting out there and and what are people going through? What challenges are people having? And that's how we try to Mm. get the engagement. I'm I'm not saying that we'll put something out there and everyone comes flooding to it. We know that's just not what always happens. Um, So we've had to think about other things. uh, I guess more of a marketing strategy, um, thinking mm. about how do we get the influential people in the business to take notice of this and, and go to where people are, you know, where are people talking about this stuff, go to the time of need and, and thinking about that, thinking smarter about how we push that content out there. Mm. So, um, yeah, we have been getting the engagement, but we've had to do a lot of thinking around how we do it. Yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's so important that... Uh, that the many of the uh, the mistakes made by L and D in the past is assuming that that if initiatives fall flat, especially digital or online initiatives, then it's likely that it's because the employee doesn't understand it, rather than what we've had to hold a mirror up to and uh, and uh, and be critical of is that in order for us to get meaningful engagement and therefore to influence the way that people work you have to address something that they really do care about. Uh, and if they don't care about it right now, then then they, they need to recognise the value in it. I think that, uh, that going back to a point you made earlier, Alice, we're all going through a shared experience. And because things are changing and adapting, we do have an opportunity for to, uh, to share with people um, uh, solutions and tools that help them through this period of adaptation. Yeah, actually, and to, and to add to that, I, I was... I, I think um, what Eva said about the kind of data analytics and having someone in your team that's actually dedicated to, to do that. Like, I, I really think that that is something that all L&D teams should think about because that data mm. will show us if we are having that impact and if the things we're doing are working. And even if we just sort of start with, you know, uh, we're getting the hits on it, that tells you something, right? If you're not getting the hits on it, then why is it not solving the problem? Are you not going, yeah. like, putting it in the right place? And that that can tell you so much. So, yeah, I definitely think that's something we've been talking about towards the end of this pandemic and lots of other teams are getting better at it. So. Yeah, fabulous. And of course, it doesn't just tell you where uh, where the stuff works. It helps you to recognise the stuff that really needs to be worked on as well, mm-hmm. so that you can track whether you're making the progress. Again, some of the uh, you know the, the formative uh, elements of evaluation. But I'll come to you, to you, uh, Ava. And if I can ask um, whether you've seen uh, that your L and D efforts um, uh, have been uh, meeting the expectations and getting the engagement with uh, with employees over recent months. Yeah, it's been a really, you know, really, really interesting experience because um, one of the things that the the team managed to achieve, and and this was just a couple of weeks before I joined, is 
you know, it's just the speed of digital, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That in a couple of weeks time, <clears throat> when everything happened, when everything happened, they, they were able to pull together resources that are really useful for people. So we've seen, you know, again, because of this shared experience, it was really easy to relate to what people are going through and, and kind of pick up on, well, what is it that they might need at, at this mm. time? Uh, so we've seen, you know, huge engagement on that part. And also kind of the duality of, you know, how can L&D provide both that performance support where, you know, I'm helping you to give you the best circumstances, resources, tools, whatever you need to, to be really good at your job. And also the other side of L&D, which is, I think a lot of times when companies talk about L&D as a, as a benefit, this is what they mean is, you know, well, if you just want to learn something new, if you just want to improve a skill that might not relate directly to your role, but well, how do we give a chance for people to do that? Mm. So one of the things that, um, that we've done and, and being an international organization, you know, for a lot of people, this directly relates to their role, but also we've seen huge uptake in learning new languages. Oh. So we actually made uh, language learning available to all of our employees. Um, and that has seen, you know, such an uptake and, and it's actually one of the most visited articles on our, on our learning platform. So it's just that, you know, how do we satisfy both and how do we do both really well? rather than you know creating a bit of a mishmash of mm. well, people enjoying it and we hope it's useful rather than kind of saying well this is purely for enjoyment and this is purely for you to to benefit from learning something new and that sense of mastery you can get from it and this actually will help you to to be really good at your role so that was really interesting to see that you know the team was kind of working on both sides of those things um and really making sure that they differentiated and they kind of do those things really really mm. well yeah that's that that's important it sounds as if you've uh, again you've continued the experimental um uh, approach to to see what uh, what's going to gain you traction and, and uh, uh and what the uh what, what the interest of uh, of your employees and your credit your, your you know, it's a sizable workforce that you have there as well um and sean what about from uh, from your side um uh of employees uh change the way that, uh, that, that, you know, their expectations and the way that they're engaging in recent months? Yeah, I think, um, I think what's been really interesting in the, in the last few months that I've been here at, at Drax is that, um, the engagement and the activity in the L and D space is actually growing mm. rather than shrinking. Um, and it's both from a, from a digital side, but also an instructor led side as well. So despite the fact that everything is all the webinar and virtual, people are still wanting to actively engage with that content just as much as our digital content that we're creating. Mm. And what's really interesting is the way that we've adapted and, you know, started to think about actually curating the right playlists for the right times. So, you know, it's been mentioned a few times around that, that meaningful content. I think Alistair and David both mentioned it. And at the right time, what we're doing now is working with the operations to curate the right stuff mm. that we surface. So, um, I look back and, you know, we're, we're looking at how we have the right performance conversations from a leadership level and working with my counterpart in the leadership team, we, we kind of curated a number of different playlists that could support our leadership population with relevant content that can help them with those conversations at the right time, rather than just, you know, bringing them traditionally into a classroom and bombarding them with the information. Mm. They can dip in and out of it as they see fit. And likewise, with the shift to remote and home working, you know, giving them the tools to actually do a bit of self-reflection and look at some of these things that can help them out in that space, but also how as a management and leadership population, we can guide our people 
So people are actively engaging with that side of things. But what we're also seeing is we're getting increased demand for people wanting that that kind of conversation-based learning with one of my learning specialists. Mm. So we've we've got a number of programs that are that are up and running that were kind of started at kind of around about the August time that are actually fully booked from now until kind of May, June time. Um, and every time we launch a new program, we're seeing that they're, they're constantly getting that engagement and that bookings in there. And I think it's because it's relevant to people at the moment. Mm. You know, it's, it's the stuff they want to do. Um, there's a lot of things that we're doing in the management space, but there's also a lot of stuff we're doing in the well-being and mental health space where we're using subject matter experts and third-party content providers to actually come in and talk about that. And we're getting like 50, 60 people wanting to book onto a course mm. at a time. And it's there, people want it. And the new requests that are coming in are very relevant to what we're doing now. You know, it's a lot of it's around change, mindset, um, all of that great stuff. Mm. Yeah, fabulous. Again, it seems as if you've said, you've taken this as an opportunity to uh, to try new stuff and uh, and, um, and and test the appetite of uh, of, uh, of folks, um, which which again you're you're only going to learn from, uh, which uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, which which leads me quite nicely onto uh, to my next question. Um, and Ava, how have the lockdowns and the changing working circumstances changed your L and D practice and that of your team? Um, it's probably going to be the answer is going to be it hasn't changed it to be honest I think it's uh, mm. you know just throughout my practice um, and every company I worked at you know I kind of operated the same way it it almost feels mm. like the world has caught up to <laughs> to to mm. this um, and I think you know just just listening to Sean uh, what what I really enjoyed about these circumstances is there's a sense of value that it brought back about human conversation. So mm. it, it almost prevents us from over-engineering when we're in a room together. Because I you know, yeah. often felt like that with classroom sessions, that they are over-engineered. And you know, my test usually for whether I should have a classroom-based thing or a conversation-based thing is, you know, is there a specific reason why that specific person is in that room? And if the end, if the answer is not there, I always challenge myself that yeah, that shouldn't be, mm. uh, that shouldn't be a classroom session. And you know, I think it's so just the value of bringing the people together around the table to have a conversation, to share perspective, and to share the different experiences. I really think it's you know really opened their eyes to the value of that and how much people crave that and how much people need that. So mm. so that's also something that happened in the parallel of also with the with the digital. Um, in terms of LD practice, again, just to bring it back to the question, um, I, I genuinely don't think it, it has changed. It probably just challenged us to, you know, to to make it even better. It probably gave us more data, it probably gave us more mm. accessibility um, to to really kind of be able to observe behavior and gain some human insights about how people react to these to these digital products. Uh, but as a team, you know, even if you just look at what the team is like and the roles we have, you know, we have someone that specializes in game design. We have someone that specializes in digital design. We have, you know, a whole studio of graphic designers and animators. And and then we have a person that does marketing and data and analytics. And you look at it and you go, and where are your trainers and your facilitators? And we yeah. go, we don't, we don't have them because that's, you know, that's how we work as L&D. 
So I think it just gave mm. us, you know, gave us the playground, gave us a chance to really experiment, to try things and and to prove what we've already known for years that this works. People people like yeah. to learn this way and and you can achieve things that are important for the business this way. Yeah, wonderful. So it seems to me that it's been validation that uh, that you've you've been on the right path. But as you said, you know the roles that you have, whether it's your the the data person, whether it's the digital uh, person, whether it's marketing, uh, you know, and and all the different um, uh, digital content that uh, that 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 um, that that you have, uh, including um, uh, games that you you set up in the right way. I think that uh, that if uh, if if the house has uh, has uh, maintained. Um, uh, its its position during these testing times, then you've built it on solid foundations. I think that uh, that's that's testament to you uh, to you and your team there at uh, Philip Morris. Um, what about you, Sean? Um, how have uh, the lockdowns and changing working circumstances changed your L and D practice and that of your team? Um, so I think it, it, it's it's probably a tough one to answer how it, how it's changed because we've we've come together quite as a new team mm. um, during lockdown. I think that what what it's done is just probably reinforce the the methodologies that we're trying to implement more than anything else. Um, I don't think it's it's changed the the end goal of of my team or or the wider PD function that I'm part of. I think that if if anything, it's just kind of expedited and and sped up that process. Mm. I think one of the things certainly that that I'm looking at post lockdown and and I think it's been referenced a few times is is how do we leverage the marketing side of it a little bit more. Mm. Um, it's something that all of my team have, have recognized is so important as part of L&D. And I'm really envious of it for having a, a data analyst because that's that for me is the next piece is how do we really get under the skin of how much impactful or impact our learning is having. Mm. Um, so I think it's less about what's what's changed during the during this, but more about actually where we now take it to the next step, because I mm. think that it has just cemented the ways of working now. And it's about adding on to that and making it even better than what what I think we've we've carved out during this time. Yeah, brilliant. And uh, and and Alice, uh, what about from uh, from your side? Has uh, has this challenged or uh, or confirmed um, the the approaches um, and uh, your practice um, in L and D? Yeah, it's, it's definitely confirmed it, which is nice. Um, yeah, and I think it was. Like I said at the start, it was kind of a way for us to just sort of be thrust into this way of working. And it was like, okay, you know, I've been telling you about how we can be more reactive with with um, digital. And, and uh, so it's kind of like, we have no choice now. Like, if you need to try and solve this problem, then we've got it move fast. So <laughs> that was really good. Um, you know, we've definitely learned some lessons along the way as well. But, you know, we've um, been working on various different needs in the business and um, we've adapted and, and grown as that's happened and we're, we're at a stage right now where we kind of feel like we've learned so much we, we've got to put it all into sort of one place and um, I guess just sort of surface those lessons and I don't want this to sound like an oxymoron as in but I want us to build consistency in terms of like this is what our principles are this is what our beliefs are but then also I don't want us to stay stagnant I want us to continue to learn and continue to put those into practice and actually say, well, in this for this particular learning need in this population, this didn't work. So what I tried was this and it had this impact and that comes back to this data piece right? We need to be learning and understanding um, the impact we're having. So um, yeah, I guess that's kind of how things are changing. Um, mm. Another thing I guess I found is I was a big advocate before around sort of harness, I still am, but sort of harnessing in, internal talent and make it 
that we're sharing that knowledge um, as much as we can. So if we have a learning need, I, one of the first questions I would ask was, okay, well, who's the expert in the business here? Who can tell yeah. us that? Um, and I still stand by that. I still think that's a really great way to approach things. But at the same time, um, I think over this period, I've, I've sort of found that if we want to move at speed, what great resources are there out there that we could utilize? And But when we do want to bring in an external resource, what's the things around that and how and i've tried to sort of help us to think about well you know if we're doing the right needs analysis at the beginning then we can bring something external in that we'll know we'll be really focused on solving that problem and then how do we iterate mm. from there and how do we build on that um so it's similar to i guess a lot of the things you know that we believed in previously but i guess in executing it and being under sort of the different circumstances and just the pressure of what was new for us we've learned a lot of lessons so, um, yeah, I think uh, that's been really interesting. Yeah, it's that, that fine line between uh, what is technical that can be addressed remiss of context and what is culturally nuanced uh, and uh, to what extent do you need to, to blend and address um, uh, within that? You know, there, there are there are some things that uh, that 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 just work. I always uh, think back to um, uh, Stephen Covey's Big Rocks. It doesn't matter which organization you work in, the Big rock system works. But what what within your organization and its systems um, can you lay on top of that to make it easier and relevant, especially in the language in which that may be communicated to, to bosses and stakeholders? Um, uh, I, have, I have a final question, and, uh, and Sean, if I, can, uh, if I can come to you first. Um, what do you think will happen to L&D in the coming months and years? And what do you hope happens? So I think that um, we will still continue to see the, the digital trend growing. I think that, you know, we, I think it's been needed for a while. And I think that that, that kind of will continue. And I, I think I'm hoping that, you know, to Alice's point about leveraging, you know, the SMEs that are out there in the business, I hope we start to see that more and more because there's so much talent out there that, you know, not necessarily the L&D function aren't always the experts. So let's leverage those people out there that are. Mm. I have a suspicion, I think what will happen when when restrictions end is we will see an influx of people wanting classrooms again, yeah. um, because I think people will be craving that, that, that element of human interaction. And I think for me, it's about how we, we stick to, to our goals and our morals mm. that that we, we know there's a place for it, but we need to use it at the right time. So it doesn't become back to the point that Ava mentioned around over-engineered sessions for the sake of session's sake, mm -hmm. that actually, you know, we, we stick to that mindset of we're using that, that face-to-face human element for the right reasons, to have the right conversations, to, to put the context into what it might mean in a role-specific scenario. Um, but I do think that the, the digital revolution will continue um, but I also think we will see that the face-to-face -face come back or the requests for it come back, certainly. Mm. Um, and I think it's important for us all to just um, to, stick to, our, to stick to our kind of mindset of, yeah, we know it's right, mm. but right at the right time, not just right for the sake of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. One, one, a phrase that, uh, that, that pops out to me, uh, certainly a word that pops out to me is let's, let's not do what we know will be popular. Let's stick to our guns yes. and do what we believe because we are a profession after all, not, not necessarily just, yeah. uh, just uh, those order takers. How do we get that balance right so we're having the right conversations about the impact that we want to have and not about the credit we can gain from, from simply um, scheduling and delivering um, programs? Yeah. 
Um, I think very wise, uh, Sean. Um, and, and Alice, what do you think will happen to L&D in the coming months and years? And what do you hope happens? Um, yeah, I agree with Sean. I think there will be uh, definitely a want to get back into the classroom. And and I, I think I'm, I'm all for it, if, as long as you know like the time of the year is right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely really excited to get back into rooms and panel discussions and talk to people and share experience that I'm really excited for that so and then there's a time and a place for it so I, I hope that we're able to sort of transition into that space of we can start to do this again but is it right can we like evaluate is this the best technique to use um so yeah I, I definitely agree with that I think one of the um I guess it's sort of like the red flags for me as we've gone through the, this whole process is I think where you know, digital has, has come out on top because everyone's thinking, this is great, I can get stuff out there. And then it, people have sort of been rushing to, to get it um, into a digital form. But it's like, stop, don't move everything to digital, you know, evaluate what works in, in its sort of current form, if that is classroom or, or however else you, you might want to do it. Um, is it working? If, if it's not working, it's coming from great, let's look at digital and let's look how we can use digital to improve it. Um, but it's just about, yeah, not just understanding how we can make the right decisions around the right solutions. And that, I really hope that as we move into the new world, we can just take those practices with us and, um, yeah, embrace time of need again. It'd be great. I think that's a, you know, it's a, it's a good um, uh, acid test, isn't it, to challenge ourselves to ask, does it work? Mm. Uh, and then assess that against um, uh, the outcomes that uh, that we want. I think that there probably wasn't enough of that before, but I think it's very valid now as we move, you know, as we've moved from a let's trans uh, translate this to digital uh, without, um, uh, you know, perhaps with uh, with questioning, but uh, but perhaps um, without fully understanding different formats. Uh, let's not just rebound and say, right, let's translate that back without a full assessment of will it work does it work and uh, and and what's the right medium i think uh, again very very wise and Ava, if i can uh, ask you to uh, uh, to round us off with this what do you think will happen to lnd in the coming months and years and what do you hope happens yeah i think there's probably a slight difference in what i think will happen and what i hope it would happen <laughs> they i think unfortunately i've seen a lot of this and i'm sure we all have where digital has been used to imitate classroom sessions and I think any sessions that you know where people say oh we now gone digital but really what you're looking at is you know they were just looking for digital tools that you know kind of do the same that what their face-to-face -face thing was and I think unfortunately all of those sessions will just go back to classroom because the purpose mm -hmm. wasn't rethinking redesigning really you know bringing those magnifying glasses in um it was almost just a, why well, this is what I deliver. I used sticky notes in the classroom. So now I need a virtual whiteboard that has sticky notes on it. And that for me is not digital design. Um, mm. I'm probably gonna make a few people angry about that, but I genuinely, uh, I'm genuinely a big believer in that, that that's not, you know, that's not a standalone digital product. Um, mm. What I do hope it happens is that you know, we kind of get out of this entertainer, shopkeeper role that a lot of times, you know, traditional L&D had. And we get to keep this curious scientist mindset where we go, mm. you know, where we look at a problem and we go, we have no idea what causes that problem. There might be, you know, seven, eight things that, that are the issues here. 
And us as LND can address three of those. So let's put a solution in, see what happened to the original problem, see what happened to those solutions. And if we haven't solved the problem, then we go again. And it doesn't mean it wasn't the mm. right solution. It doesn't mean it didn't address a certain issue, but it, that issue might not be the one that's causing the problem. And I think just that type of mindset, it just allows you to experiment. And I think just to be able to view digital, you know, webinars, face-to-face -face and everything just as a tool that will get you to mm. achieve what you need to achieve. And I think that's what we're missing sometimes in L&D. We get so focused on the tools that we're using and how to almost like it becomes about the tool. And that's my slight worry as well with this digital revolution that we're seeing that it's digital for the sake of it. And, you know, you see people mm. using VR and AR for like, no, you know, there's no genuine purpose behind it. It's just, it's just, we want to give you this tool. So I think we just got to be making conscious choices of when we're picking those tools and, and making sure that face-to-face -face is a choice. And there's a reason why we're choosing that digital is a choice. And mm. there's a reason why we're choosing that. And that's where I would really like to see our profession get to. Yeah, I think, again, very, very, very wise. Uh, what I'm taking from that is that uh, we need to find solutions to our problems, not problems for our solutions um, that, we've, that we've already bought and that, we're, uh, that, that we've, uh, we've already invested in. Um, thank you, everybody, for, uh, for, for uh, being involved and for sharing so generously your, your insights. I know that this has been a valuable conversation. Uh, it's been a terrible situation uh, for many, less than ideal um uh, for all of us but uh, but with um with with our endeavor in learning and development i know that we can make uh, and as as you've shared uh, and already doing um make the difference that's making the difference and we'll continue to do so um so um if i could if i can thank you uh, first alice thank you very much uh, for being involved no thank you i really enjoyed it really lovely thank you and thank you eva thank you david and thank you alice and sean and thank you, Sean. Yeah, thank you very much, David, and thank you, guys. It's been a really pleasure. Wonderful. And thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye for now. <laughs>